There are more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Um, so I mentioned earlier um, SRM, uh, and basically BJCP will point you to the fact that it's a measure of beer color density, um, more than hue or tint. Um, and there is a scale that you can physically look at that I'm going to try to share screen successfully in a minute. But verbally to kind of cue it up, um, beer descriptors for SRM values are really helpful. Um, and I'm just going to have you hover with me, maybe even close your eyes right now. And think of the words I say as like a strata or spectrum going from lightest in color um, to uh, darkest. And you're going to have that strata of straw, yellow, to gold, to amber, to copper, to brown, to black, right? And there are SRM numbers that are all used. And this is where, um, you know, and the jokes will fly. I'm going to try and share screen right now uh, to get to my um, screen. And you are actually seeing it. And so the score sheet here right, on a beer judge certification program does ask you to, to fill out um, appearance. And one of those things certainly is comment on color and is it within the style ranking for that. Um, I'm going to do a terrible job on the fly here. Yep, shouldn't be clicking around. Uh, I had it. Here it is. Great. Okay, we're in. Um, so now I want to show you the actual strata and the numbers for SRM. And it's super helpful. Uh, we'll share this in show links and notes. But here you've got your um, uh, color range based on SRM range numbers that I'm highlighting um, that we created. And I actually created this sheet for my, you know, Cicerone studies to put sense into when I'm asked to judge a beer, I need a checklist. And so, you know, that light, um, you know, yellow to straw, these are the SRM numbers based on the SRM scale. Uh, that then apply to those descriptors going from straw to pale to gold to amber to copper to brown to black. And eventually, if you study it enough, you'll be able to rattle it off like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had my Sierra Nevada pale ale the other night, just like tens of thousands, if not millions of you. Or, you know, you have a Sam Adams Boston lager, you know, readily accessible craft beers. And you'll note that the color has, you know, it's advanced color wow, you hold up the Sierra, you know, and you're looking at like a nine SRM. It's not, even though it's called pale ale, it's actually got, you know, some amber um, hues in it. And it is more of an amber colored beer. Um, I'm going to put Sam Adams uh, Boston Lager a little lighter than that, but not gold, right? Five or six, it's light amber, maybe seven. Um, so that's kind of two good tangible examples on the, um, SRM and uh, Jeremy, I'll toss it to you to round anything out that you want to share. Yeah, I I, I wanted to just kind of add because for my studies, of course, I had the sheet that you created to uh, help with my studies all along. 
But what was really important for me, being a visual learner, um, it was, uh, and actually uh, to uh, finish off the advanced Cicerone test, uh, at least the tasting portion, I think I had uh, two months uh, lead in uh, from um, I've got plenty of time to, oh no, I don't have enough time. Um, so I had the uh, challenge of trying to cram all of the numbers uh, that is required into my brain uh, in that short amount of time. And I knew that just with my brain, it wasn't going to work. I needed patterns. I need, I needed visuals. So I created, um, a thing for me that I will share, uh, on the screen and we'll have, uh, available on the website, uh, eventually as well. But, um, I call that uh, for the SRM or the standard reference method scale. I call that the, the rule of tens. And that was very helpful for me to kind of group these. And so instead of learning, uh, the ranges uh, from from one to forty. I, now I just have to memorize them in four different categories, and and that's where for me one to ten was from very pale straw to uh, amber, and from eleven to twenty was uh, amber to brown, and then from twenty to thirty was kind of a um, darker brown to a very dark brown, or brown to very dark brown, and then uh, from dark brown to black, and that sounds. Uh, uh, redundant, it, but there's a continuum there. There's a spectrum of color. And so we need to just draw some lines. And where I drew the lines was in those four categories. The way that was helpful for me is I got to understand the patterns. I could lump groups together and see how they connected together. It was like putting a puzzle together and seeing how, how they were uh, like and how they were different. And, and that helped me, um, kind of remember uh, the styles in much more detail just by having those groups of patterns. And again, we'll make all these available uh, to you as well. But um, but that was my take on understanding uh, the SRM scale was just by creating the rule of tens for me. It's great. Um, and then when we get to ABV or alcohol by volume, um, that is, uh, you know, most, most people are used to this by now. Uh, you know, it, you know, uh, it, I think a lot of people, a lot of servers, a lot of bartenders have learned that I think it's a 5% beer is equal to a 12% wine and a, and a, um, like a, I think it's a 50 proof, uh, sh shot of alcohol or something. Uh, I, of course I should remember that, but it's something along those lines. And so they make those, uh, equate those out to each other, but we're really looking at, um, the alcohol by volume, uh, and it's just a simple percentage of 5% uh, alcohol by this glass, 5% of that is alcohol. Um, uh, there, uh, once upon a time we did use the alcohol by weight system. Uh, and, uh, by memory, uh, I think there was a, uh, a time that we used that after prohibition was repealed, uh, and alcohol by weight is, uh, is, is always going to be a little bit less than volume. And, and I don't know the story of why we chose one over the other and why we're using volume now, but, um, that is a, just a simple way to think of it. But again, uh, to study for the test and to become uh, professional and just really know these styles, um, as, as a you know certified Cicerone, you have to have a good understanding. As an advanced Cicerone, you have to have a very clear understanding. I can only imagine with the master Cicerone, you have to just know these like like they are like it's the back of your hand. Um, but for the for and again, I'll share this on screen and I'll, we'll make this available on the website. Uh, I I created the rule of twos when it comes to um, alcohol by volume and. You know the the no and low alcohol that's zero percent or 0.5 percent to two percent and that was easy. 
the way that I think about it is you have session beers are two to 4%. Uh, and then an average beer, when you look at, uh, and this is where I studied the patterns, most beers in the BJCP catalog fall under that four to 6% category. So for me, that's the, that's the middle point. Um, and, and you'll see how that all, when you look at all of them put together, you'll see how it all kind of breaks down above that. Then from six to eight, we have above average, which makes sense. Uh, eight to 10% is strong. And then 12, 10 to 12 plus is very strong. I've had some beers that are 16%. And Julie, I'm sure you've had some doozies. Um, we could call those very, very strong if you really want to. But but basically, the reason for my creating this rule of twos was just to understand where these beers are and how they fit in relation to all the other styles and within their category or similar beers. All right. And then to summarize um, in a sentence or two for uh, alcohol by volume, it's in essence a measurement of the alcohol content in terms of the percentage volume of alcohol per volume of beer. I know that's a lot. Um, by the way, the measurement's always higher than alcohol by weight. There's a whole formula to figure that out. Um, but basically, to get your alcohol content ishy, ish and you would really need to test it in a lab, which is what all commercial beers are um, usually subjected to uh, unless they have allowances like, you know, um, served on draft straight from, you know, uh, the, the crunching and approved um, formula guidelines. Anyway, to calculate it, you would basically take your final gravity, you know, um, subtracted from the original gravity. So back to what we talked about mm. in the beginning of this prepisode, and then you divide by 0. 0.0075, believe it or not. Um, and we do showcase this in the, um, the A to Z of beer style study guide that I authored on craftbeer.com. Um, so that's there for you. And we'll, we'll leave that in the notes. All right. What's next, Jeremy? What's next? Uh, let's see. We need to talk about uh, international bitter units, Julia. Yes. IBUs, international bitterness units. And it's a big topic, especially because... Um, and this is certainly one from uh, one of my mentors, Ray Daniels, who has really, I think, rounded out my thinking on IBUs uh, with actually the, um, the bitterness ratio. So on paper, you can take a beer recipe and calculate things. That's what an IBU is, is. It's calculated as. And you can also test for residual bitterness units in a laboratory. However, us humans are not lab instruments. We are human perceptive sensory instruments and creatures. So really, even though on paper it might say a beer is 80 IBUs or international bitterness units, based on the perceived residual sugar of that beer, it's going to taste more or less bitter to me um, because of the residual sugar. So I would like to think of international bitter bitterness units as more as a factual number instead of sensory-wise, the bitterness ratio, which, you know, beer judge certification program guidelines don't get into that when you're judging a beer. Um, but if you see a style guideline is supposed to be, uh, you know, a certain uh, percentage or certain number of certain range of international bitterness units, just keep in mind that that range, no matter what it is on paper, might not appear as bitter if there's a higher residual sugar in the beer. So to summarize, international bitterness units is the following. One bitterness unit equals one milligram of isomerized, meaning exposed to heat, hop alpha acids in one liter of beer. 
Now, international bitterness units or IBUs can range from zero, meaning none, no bitterness, to above 100. Perceptible levels are often for humans, I've read eight to about 80. I think it really depends. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the quick hit. A whole nother prep episode will we'll geek mm -hmm. out and go into BU um, to GU ratio. Uh, but that is international bitterness units. Anything to add to that one, Jerry? Yeah, just a, a couple quick things because, yeah, I agree. Uh, the, uh, the IBUs in beer, this is one of the things I wish we didn't share with consumers because most people don't know how to interpret the stuff. There's so many things that affect our perception of bitterness. Uh, it could be the final gravity, it could be the, um, the the salts in the water. You know, there's so much that can kind of uh, change how we perceive this bitterness and whether it's harsh or soft or subtle. Um, and so this could definitely be another episode. I just want people to understand, consumers and professionals to understand that this is a very complicated topic. And just putting a single number up there is the equivalent of a Robert Parker score for wine. You know, this wine got a 92. Great. That means someone liked it, but that tells me absolutely nothing about it. Um, the other thing I want to share is, again, because the way that I studied my visual brain and I wanted to create patterns, and I'll share this as well, again, on the website here and here, uh, I created the rule of 20s just so that I could um, help create an, a better understanding and a see the patterns of where the IBUs fall. And so the rule of 20s, very low is from 0 to 20, low is 20 to 40, moderate where most beers sit, uh, as 40 to 60, even including even a lot of IPAs are in that range. Uh, and high as 60 to 70, and then obviously very high to 80, 100 plus. Um, I've also heard that above 100 IBUs, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's just, you know, it's going to be a bitter bomb. Um, but but that is, that's where we're going to land on on IBUs for now. But just know that it it is more uh, detailed than than we have time for now. Yep, and I think that takes us, Jeremy, to your summary of what this prepisode on the um, you know beer vital statistics has covered. Yeah, I think uh, I think the important thing is if you're a consumer, uh, just understand that understanding these vital statistics can help you uh, help you understand what beer you're in the mood for. If you look at a um, a, a uh, beer menu and you're trying to figure out what uh, what beer you, you're in the mood for and which one you should have uh, if you don't know what these stats tell you then then your your server your distributor your brewer your the professionals should understand this stuff and this is where I'm really speaking to the professionals in the beer biz you should have a good understanding of all of these vital statistics because you can then turn around and use them to guide your guests your customers, to a better experience, uh, if they're if if they're looking for something just to be nice and easy, and uh, then maybe you steer them toward the Kolsch instead of the Baltic Porter. Uh, you know, it, you can you, having an understanding of the state, even if you don't know the style, you should be able to look at the numbers and be able to pick apart and deconstruct what the style is going to be about. And that's my take home message for beer stats. Yeah, I think you covered it. So there's um, original gravity, final gravity, Play-Doh, SRM, ABV, IBU, little BU to GU one day to get geekier on that. And all those acronyms are now um, in your head, hopefully, backed by words that you know how to say. And if you don't, the style guidelines are there for you. So that's that's all we have for this show. Actually, 
there's a but wait, there's more thing that I just thought about, if that's okay. Um, because we did talk about the standard reference method, but for those of you who are not in the U.S., um, we did talk about the European Brewery Convention, or EBC. Very, very simple translation there. Uh, it's roughly, uh, I think it's 1.97, but roughly you just double the the SRM. Or if you're if you're in somewhere in Europe and you're trying to figure out what the uh, American SRM stands for, then you divide. Um, so if if an SRM is two to four, an EBC would be four to eight. It's very simple conversion there. Um, I, and I, I think we forgot to mention that earlier, but let, let's just make sure we tag off with that. I love it. So cheers to you all. And we'll catch you on the uh, next uh, Prepisode or Beer Style Overview from me, Julia, and Jeremy with A Sense of Beer Style. Cheers. Thank you for listening to A Sense of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia, and me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.